show a rock concert in my fucking ear. Anyways, I don't have any fucking chocolate, Azor. No chocolate. None. That's my topic for this evening. I have no chocolate. There we go. No chocolate. Not really. Um, on Rough Trade this week in the Facebook group, we talked about um, doing theme challenges and how everybody found that, um, for the most part, really inspiring and challenging. And um, oh, and I, I did too, actually. During the Stargate uh, Rough Trade for the first part of the month, I was kind of bogged down, but reading the other people's Rough Trade stories really helped me push mine so that I finished it. So we were all in the same place, and it was really inspiring to read other people in the same fandom with me exploring the same characters and the same situation and the same fandom. It was just, it was really inspiring. And doing it in Harry Potter has is, is been even more so because the talent at Rough Trade uh, is, is immense, and it's so awesome to create stories with such a, amazing group of people and to see all the feedback and it's crazy the feedback is crazy you guys don't actually know this maybe but there have been 8,135 comments on rough trade this time um on the stories as we're running them and that's awesome that's great participation um part of the authors and part of the readers and that's that's fantastic our word count so far for the month of july is 690,000 words and some change 896 is a change 690 896,000 words so we did 317 for stargate we are at 373 for Harry Potter, and we've got one day left. Well, we've got, we got tonight, and then tomorrow the, um, is the final Sunday. Wait, when's the final day of posting? Are we ahead? Tomorrow's the final day of posting. Tomorrow's day seven. Um, so, <clears throat> what we have is, um, I think we're probably going to push over. I don't see how we won't push over 400 for the Harry Potter, which will put us um, probably hmm, maybe 720,000 words for the month, which would be fantastic and amazing. It will be amazing, so that so will be cool. I'll post a final um, word count on the website when we um, get done 
the end of tomorrow's challenge. Now, even if you don't finish your story in the time allotted, after the challenge expires, you're welcome to go in and finish whatever you didn't finish as far as your Stargate story goes or your Harry Potter story goes. But do not post non-story posts on Rough Trade. No excuses. No information posts. Please don't spam our members. Most of our members are on subscription. And for the record, uh, hold on, I'll tell you. For the record, there are, there were about 2,000 members. Moving slow as fuck. There are 2,898 members to Rough Trade. Do not spam our members. One more time. Do not spam our members. I tell you this because I told you this in email and people don't listen to me. That's like I tell you not to use project files for your non-project file postings, and you still do it. And I tell you to use a fucking featured image so that my fucking slideshow looks pretty, and you don't do it. And then you get labeled a lazy ass because now I have banners that will tell everybody what I think about your lazy ass behavior. Yes, I do. So if you see lazy ass author or just lazy ass on a, on a picture, on a post, it's because the author didn't do what I said and I put that picture on their post for them. And now you can't use it because then it, it takes away the stigma I'm trying to shame these people. It's a punishment, not an amusement. It amuses me, but it isn't supposed to amuse you. You're supposed to be ashamed of their behavior, not coveting one of the banners. Crazy asses. People in the chat room are saying they want to use the banners. You can't use banners. You can't use the banners. So whenever you see, like on Rough Trade, if someone doesn't do their categories, and they leave their categories blank, the system automatically labels them a lazy-ass author. That, that's automatic. So the site itself is set up to shame an author if they don't post their story the way I want them to. Because I have a mild obsessive-compulsive disorder, and I like things to be done a certain way, and it isn't like I'm asking a lot, because I do a lot for the site. If you do what I say and check your little boxes, the menus populate them fucking selves. I mean, you know, it's just, it's not rocket science. It really isn't. I make it super easy to use. Super easy to use. But some people like to abuse my good nature. And you'll pay for that. I promise. Being labeled a lazy-ass author is the least of your worries, let me assure you. When you come into Rough Trade as a new participant, you get a welcoming email. You get a page to go to so that you can look at videos on how to use WordPress if you're unfamiliar with that. You get a practice period where you can practice uploading images and you get and you can't mess it up because I don't let you. I don't let you post your shit to the public until you're ready so you can play in the background and no one can see it but me and you. And it's super easy and I give you a template. All you gotta do is plug your stuff into it and copy and paste it into the goddamn box. I promise 
It's not hard. I have somebody on the line who is a first-time caller, so I'm going to let them in. Hello? I see you. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. I'm assuming it's me anyway. It's you. Um, tell everybody who you are. It's Karen or Nelani. <laughs> it's your rough trade. Okay, this was her first um, rough trade with us. How'd you do? Oh, I did Stargate within the limits and not so much with uh, Harry Potter, but I finished. And it's good. Harry Potter is I'm so huge. I knew. I knew going into it that we would have problems um, sticking to the word count with Harry Potter. Um, I thought that I could do it. I was going to be really proud of myself because the Harry Potter <laughs> canon is so big and complex, right? So I thought this would be an excellent challenge. And I'm at 19K, and I still have an epilogue to write. <laughs> I, I managed to only, only, <laughs> only go over by just over 3,000. 3, only. Just 3,000 words, just, yeah. Senna yeah, apparently <laughs> blew her limit with sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, my epilogue is going to be almost entirely sex, so I'm not <laughs> push over the 20 mark with that, but that's okay because there's always room for sex. You will not hear a single one of us complaining. But... <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, it's true. You know, actually, your feedback on Facebook was some of the best feedback I've ever gotten from another writer. Oh. Did you want to talk about that? Well, thank you again for doing this and for letting me be a part. Because, like, like I told you on Facebook, I have I started writing in the Twilight fandom, and yeah, don't give me shit about that, people. I know. But that's where I got started. It's and okay. We for forgive you. <laughs> Thank you. But for a long time, it was I had a really good stride going. I had never written before. That was the first time I started writing, period, because in school, my teacher told that you can't write. So you know how that goes, right? Oh, tell them to kiss my ass. Stop. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I kind of sort of did that, but out in the air because they're in Holland and I'm not. So... Oh, we can send them a cursed letter. I know a voodoo priestess. That's one cursed letter and a voodoo doll from being made right, let me assure you. Awesome. If I could only remember my teacher's names, then I would be right on that. I know, right? I know. So you, so you wrote in Twilight for a while, but what happened? Um. Well, between my health taking a nosedive and stress in general, Everything just went and seized up, is the best way I can put it. I couldn't get any words out anytime I tried to write on stories that I had in progress or anything new. I just couldn't get it out. It was like basically having static in your head. Mm-hmm. So that it, it sucked because it was my one my one thing that I could do for expressing for just it was my outlet. I mean, mm. I, I'm a knitter, I have that as an outlet, but this was something else. This, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that you guys all know what I'm trying to say and cannot put into words right now. And I really wanted to write, couldn't do it, and for a, 
about a year or two now, I've been looking at the rough trade and going, man, I would love to do that. But, oh, my God, that is so daunting, 50000 And then you started doing the mini one or the, the, the short ones, the, the less daunting ones. Yeah, I think we did 30 in April, right? Yeah, and I'm going, maybe, but then, yeah, maybe not. And then you did the July one, and I saw that, and I'm like, I am all over that. Stargate, <laughs> I can do that. Harry Potter, I can do that. And then everything just started to flow, and it felt so good. It has been so, so long since I had fun writing, since I've been able to write freely. And you gave me uh-huh. back that, and I appreciate that so much. So it's been an amazing experience this time. There's such a community um, that I think we lacked early on when we were first doing, um, like when it was called Naked Nano. Um, we mm-hmm. didn't have the community. And I think that really the um, the Facebook group has changed that, you know, because we didn't have that before. It's actually yeah. new. I think we did it before April, but it wasn't really utilized. And then with people coming yeah, into the July April. challenges, yeah, it just seemed to explode as as yeah, far I, as people participating in it. Yeah, I didn't join the Rough Trade group because I felt that it was for writers, and I hadn't up until the July one. I hadn't joined in, so I mm-hmm. have no idea what you guys did in the group before that time. Nothing but much. Was, no. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, being a part of the group and having the feedback and seeing when other people were struggling or just going, oh, my God, I just thought of blah, and that was actually kind of awesome. It's been a long time since I've had that, too, and I've missed it, and it's nice to have that again. It is nice to be around authors who support you. Um I am around mm-hmm. a lot of authors who um, build themselves up by tearing other people down. Yeah. It's a very negative, negative um, place to be. And um, that doesn't do I'm an asshole. For anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole. So, you know, I tend to tell people what I think, you know, and mm-hmm. I took it's my mother. I love about this. I'm going to tell you a little story. I took my mother <laughs> over to the cafe, and there were some writers there. And there's this one, and she's very um, snotty. She's very snotty and very entitled and um, considers my work as a um, erotic romance. Oh, excuse, it's not a romance. As an erotica writer, <laughs> rather like I sold out, because she wants to be one of those literary writers. You know well, what I mean? Great for her. Yeah, one of the one of those people who don't actually get published in today's market is what <laughs> she wants to be. Um, and Emily Bronte, she is not. Let me put, let me put that out there right now. Um, um, but she thinks she is. Yeah, yeah, she thinks she is. Um, and um. She was talking shit, and my mother turns to her and says, oh, are you published yet? She was talking to this other girl, and she was basically tearing this other girl's work to pieces. And she says, my mom just turns to her all bright-eyed and 
sweet, like butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. Oh, are you published? And, of course, the girl had to say no because she wasn't. And my mom said, you know, and she got this tummy and she tissed. She was like, I just don't think you should be giving advice like you're a professional when it's clear that you're not. (laughs) And she started to open her mouth and talk to my mother in a way that would have been really inappropriate. (laughs) And I just, I pointed at her with my finger, and I said, I'm going to tell you something. I tolerate a lot of shit from you, but this is my mother. If you talk shit to her, you're going to eat pavement. (laughs) She left. Nice. And she left. And she left. Because, you know, because while... I talk shit to my mother all the time. Nobody else is allowed to. <laughs> That's just the way that works. <laughs> so, yeah, it was terrible. And she made this girl cry. I mean, she was just tearing this girl to pieces. And the fact of the matter is, is this girl, she's a junior at a local college. I live in a big college oh, town. There's a bunch no. of universities and colleges. And she's a junior in college. And she has more talent in her pinky than this woman has in her whole body. And I told this girl so. I said, look, there are people who have it and people who don't. Mm-hmm. That lady that just left has been writing the same book for 10 years. She does not have it. You do. What you say? it. I said, one day you're going to finish a book, and you're going to be really proud of it, and you're going to send it off to somebody, and they're going to call you, and they're going to call your house, and they say, you know what, this is the most brilliant fucking thing I've ever read, and I want to publish you. That's the kind of it that you have. And she burst into tears. Oh. <laughs> oh, I made her cry, too, and I didn't mean to. I was just trying to make her feel better. And, of course, she did feel better, but she cried me for a half hour. I mean, she was, like, clinging to me like a little duck, just crying. And I'm like, oh, God, honey, stop. <laughs> Have a coffee. <laughs> but that was a good cry, Here. at least. Well, yeah, I mean, because, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. And, and sometimes you encounter a, a writer who is just um, a stunning talent and and you see somebody else in, in a position of authority tearing them to pieces and it just makes you want to stab them in the face. Yes. You know, and I interact with a lot of young writers in the area as part of um, – National Writing Month especially, and of course I go to a couple of the colleges in the area and I do talks, and I have a lot of young authors in my life, um, but I, I actually prefer them to these old jaded bitches I met in the RWA, which is the Romance Writers of America, and that's mm-hmm. because a lot of those women have been writing and trying to be published for decades, and when someone, I got published for the first time at 28, which is exceptionally young. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exceptionally young to be published. Um, with the New York House. With the New York House. I mean, it was the real deal. It was a, it was a three-book deal. Um, I got quite a bit of money for it. It was it was quite a stunning thing. And um, I, uh, walking into that, to, to the Romance Writers of America, with that already under my belt, I went in as mm-hmm. a published author. Um, I encountered a great deal of hostility because when I first was introduced to the local group and I started going to the meetings, um, I didn't tell them that I was published. 
I really, you know, I introduced myself as a writer. I said I'd been writing since I was very young, and they were all very welcoming. And um, I just didn't tell them I was published because I wasn't really ready to share it because the the book actually hadn't come out yet. Um, yeah. And in my third or fourth meeting, I <clears throat> um, they asked if anybody had any news, and I said, well, um, I signed a contract with such and such company, and um, my first book comes out in a few weeks. And, and all of these women, over well. Oh, some of them were really super pleased for me. But a lot of the ones that had been so welcoming to me and who had been so supportive of my ideas and, and listening to, you know, what I was working on looked at me like I had ruined the rest of their life. I mean, it was just like it was stunning. It was stunning, the mm-hmm. the turnaround, the, the turnaround. And in the end, despite the fact that I had I'd gone into this thinking I was going to develop some really awesome relationships with this group of women, I ended up walking away from it entirely because they were so mean-spirited. Oh, my God. And I don't mean to say this about every <laughs> romance writer's chapters. You know, the um, the yeah. RWA in, in the whole is a great organization. That They do a lot of good for writers. In the past, they've done a great deal for writers in protecting our intellectual property. Because at one time, Harlequin Romance was not only copywriting people's work in their business name, they were also taking people's pen names and contracts. So, you know, those books that Harlequin put out in the 80s, those, those red ones mm-hmm. especially, the Desire books, sometimes you'll see 30 or 40 tiles written by the same author, but it's not actually the same author. It was yep. a pen name they stole and let other people write on it. Well, the RWA was instrumental in changing that, in protecting yeah, writers and in, in, in calling them out and saying, hey, you can't fucking do that. You can't publish a book that says Nora Roberts when Nora Roberts didn't actually write it. You just can't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for that point of view, RWA is actually a very good organization. You know, they they can and have demonstrated a great deal of power and protection of, of writers, but they're also the organizations full of really old, bitter women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can go to some local chapters. Yeah. 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 You can go to a local chapter and meet some awesome people, but I guarantee you there's going to be at least one little old lady in that group who never has been published who's probably been writing on the same book for 15 years and has never even tried to get published, but will hate your guts if you get published. Yes. They will support you all the way until that point, and once you hit that point, you suck. Because and you're a bitch, you are, and you have to go, and I can't yes. believe you here. You're bragging about your stuff. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yes. So I stopped going to the meetings, and I stopped paying for the magazine after that. Because, you know, if you're not going to the RWA meetings, you're only you, you're basically paying a membership fee for a monthly magazine. Yay. And it's not even a very good magazine. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not a particularly good magazine. No, I mean, it's just, it's usually full of advertisements. So I'm not spending 150 bucks on a magazine that's not even entertaining. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's that will. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that's a thing. A waste of time and money. It totally is. It totally is. Karen stayed up past her bedtime to chat with us tonight. Yes. <laughs> way, way, way past my bedtime. <laughs> so my story is at 19k. Um, I, I am, um, I am. I'm winding up the final scene. I could actually end it there, but I want an epilogue because mostly because I want to write a big sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you will not hear a single word of complaint from any one of us. <laughs> Seriously, not a word. And anyone who does complain, I will kick their ass. Oh, did you hear that? She'll, yeah, I've got another hit minion. Now I've got two. Yeah. Oh, so it became a stormtrooper? Okay, wow. There you go. You never know what happens when you're not paying attention. One minute, they're just a regular hit minion. Yeah, and the next thing you know, they're a ninja. Where is Willow? Oh, Willow's here. She's Willow is le- Willow is lurking in the chat room. Um, as long as they're not red shirts, then we're all good. I know, right? No one can wear red. If we ever have to have a riot, no one gets to wear red. Even though red looks awesome on most people. And I actually have my toenails painted a spectacular color of red right now. It's Big Apple Red by OPI. Fantastic. Sybil wants to be the stalking minion. I'm not so sure. That that kind of sounds dubious. <laughs> just a little. Just a little. Just a little so, bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So you've got this 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 rough trait pretty much rounded up. The next one. I think we're good. Yeah, the next one is going to be in um, November, and that will be the standard um, National Novel Writing Month. And it's that word count day, right? is traditionally 50,000 words. It's traditionally 50,000 words. <coughs> that's the tradition. That, yeah. That's 1,700 words a day, basically. Yeah. Now, what I would say to, um, to anybody who is – uncomfortable or who fears that level of word count. I think if we learned anything in this rough trade is if you plan, you can definitely write it. I mean, if you if you can plan for 10K, you can plan for 50 or 100. You know mm-hmm. what it takes to make up a scene <clears throat> and what to make up a story. Right. So if you can – Make it happen for 10K. You can make it happen for 50 if you plan ahead. Yeah. That's what I, I And then that's all I'm saying. I started already. I started, I have a file already with, with uh, stuff for my story because I read an article about a week or two, a week or so ago, maybe two, mm-hmm. that really had me go, oh man, is it okay to let that out yet? Or are you doing this whole thing, so bomb thing? Oh, yes, I am going to do a theme. Um, the theme for for November is going to be soulmate bonds. 
Um, I'm not gonna. There, there aren't gonna be any limits on fandom, so you can do fandom or original fiction. But your premise mm-hmm. is to create a story about a soulmate bond, whether it's through them having their name written on their wrist or having some kind of electrical connection when they touch, or having um, a bond moment upon meeting or, you know, having a soulmate mark like Cinna did in her Harry Potter, which was mm-hmm. fantastic. It was a great yes, use of that concept. Um, just, you know, just explore that. And it's opened up entirely to fandoms. Um, I am almost 100% positive I'm going to write Avengers, and it's going to be Tony and um, Steve. I am looking forward to that. I am really looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, the, the article that I read, uh, I think I posted I can't remember if I did it in the Rough Trade or Minion group or if I did it on my own timeline, but uh, there was an article in the paper about it being in your DNA that you are more attracted to, or, uh, that your friends are basically encoded in your DNA, who you're friends with. I I saw that article. I'm not sure where I saw it. I mean, maybe you did post it in Minion. I know I posted it, but I yeah. But you're also you also see my timeline, so you might have caught it there. But that that just if your friends are encoded into your DNA, how would that go with a soulmate? That that opens up that whole thing. That's really interesting. There was a question about fusing um, the Sentinel concept to this, and of course you can because mm-hmm. it's an open challenge. The only c- yes. construct coming into that challenge are two things. 50K is your word count. That's your minimum word count. There is no maximum. Yes. And yes, our theme is soulmate bonds. Mm-hmm. Now, the article she was yes. talking about um, talks about how um, – that you have very, very loose, but not 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 in, not incestuous, but loose genetic yeah. connections to the friends you develop really close relationships with. That genetically speaking, you are closer to them than you are other people. Yeah. Let's see. So genetically, we aren't all that different to begin with. You know. Um, yeah. We're not. It's, and, 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 it's not, and it's not saying that you're related to your friends, but it's saying that you share some genetic markers with people who are more likely to be a very good friend to you. I, have, I, I will post it in the in the in the chat the link. And, and also post it in um, post it in Rough Trade too. I think that would be very yes, handy. Ma'am? I've got two other phone calls on the phone. I think one of them is Kaz, but I'll make sure because I always forget her number. <laughs> and then I have somebody else on the phone. I want to thank you for calling and staying up to chat with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was fun. I always miss out on the fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was cool. Well, stay awake as long as you can. Okay. Well, yeah, but I have to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's true, it's too. It sucks ass. That sucks ass. Yes, but then you can yes. you can listen to it later because it because it will be archived. And um, so try not to be too tired at work tomorrow. <laughs> I will try not to be too uh, out of it. I can't make any promises, but it was worth it. Even if I only did this once, it was worth it. Awesome. You have a good evening. <laughs> Thanks. You too. Kaz, is this hello? You? 
<laughs> oh no. No. Hello. Hello. Is this you? Is this my? Is this my girl? See, that is. Hold on. Hold on. Don't. Don't. Just. Just. Shh. Be quiet. That. That's actually Lady Holder. That's, that's actually Lady Holder. Just. Shh. We're hunting for rabbits. I don't. I don't know who this is over here on the other line. Hold on. Hello. You're on. You're on the air with Hello. Kara. Hello. Can you Hello? hear me? Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Hey, this is Kara. I can't hear you. There, there's Kaz. <laughs> I always get the number confused. I, I just want to make sure it was you, because Kaz just calls in. High. From, yeah. Oh yeah. Kaz calls in from work um, to listen, and that's why she's on my dashboard. And I always get her number confused. So, now, Kaz, did, did did you participate in Rough Trade this time? No, uh, I've only written in Farscape, Stargate, SG One, and Atlantis. So I was, I'm too scared to do Harry Potter yet. <laughs> but we had the Stargate one first. I know I did participate in that one. Well, that's what I said. I meant Rough Trade overall. <laughs> oh, well, you know the telepathy is not working through the phone line right now. So <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, so, how did you find working on the Harry Potter? I mean, the Stargate. The Stargate was working with everybody on the same fandom really cool for you, or was it stressful, or or what? I I thought it was really cool, and um, one thing I found is for the first time because I, I came into this just screw it, I'm doing this for me. Yeah, this is my story. And mm-hmm. that actually helped with a writer's block I've had for years because I got used to writing very short stories, trying to make as much emotional impact in as short a story as possible. And um, I end up, ended up just starting overthinking my word choice. And that mm. pretty much ground, yeah, it ground me to a halt because I would, I would have these images in my head and I'm like, how do I get these out in, you know, without being too wordy and all that crap. And between that and just a lot of real life stuff, it just killed my writing. And I mean, I always, I'm one of those people that carry a notebook with me everywhere where I always oh, write sucks, something. Honey, but I'm, I'm glad you got your mojo back. Yeah. I mean, I was very happy. And, uh, we the should call this rough trade been... how Kaz got her groove back. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even do any smut. I did some romantic stuff, but, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't do smut. I, I'm terrible at it. It always comes out all sounding schmoopy and fluffy. And, <laughs> and flowers like... bloomed and there was thrusting. and. <laughs> yeah. There was one, one time I went to write a, a, a low scene and... This was years ago. I ended up actually writing the words uh, uh, throbbing, you know, member or something like that. <laughs> and, I like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, you know, I was blushing as I wrote it. And I was like, I am an idiot. But there's no, there there's was no actually, other word. There's actually an article that an author wrote, and I wish I could find it. It was... Um, something purple prose and it was about um all the ways that you t- 
try to say cock without saying cock. And it's so terrible, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, often in the 80s and maybe even the early 90s, authors resorted to referring to the dick as a weapon. I mean, it became this weapon in in these romance novels. And if you pick one up, if you, if you go to a used bookstore and pick up a book written in the 80s, it's going to be a sword. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or, or the worst, the worst thing I ever saw was a flesh m- missile. I wish oh, I was making it up. I wish I was, uh, but I'm not. I, a flesh I've missile. Mighty, I've seen Mighty Love Rocket. Mighty Love Rocket. <laughs> and and uh, there was one passion. There, yeah, there was one woman, uh, or I'm assuming it's a woman anyway. And the Farscape Phantom wrote um, Aaron sent with two clips. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I read, a, I read a book very long time ago. Um, it was published at Laura's Cave, and he was an alien, and he had two dicks. It was amazing. You know what? I've seen porn with that, you know, so that ain't nothing special. <laughs> it was very special how she wrote it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> um, she well, wrote I mean, it where one where the dick on bottom was longer than the dick on top. So he could – Ooh. <laughs> this is going to be okay. really explicit. I'm glad my show is rated R. Okay, here's the I'm thing. I'm picturing it already. <laughs> Depending on how the woman was situated, this second shorter dick would either rub consistently up through her labia and over the clit every single time he thrust into her, or if he flipped her over – he could do her in both holes at once. Yeah, that was what I was picturing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's funny is, uh, yeah, I started in the first case. That, it was the filthiest book I've ever read. <sighs> and um, they, they had somewhat con- controversy, uh, controversy but, um, about Slash. And I was like uh, one of the only Slash writers on the entire board. And they wanted me to warn for it. And I was like, no, because it's just two people. And they um, they made such a big stink about it. The admins, um, I purposely wrote, you know, Aaron Chiana just to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> I totally would have, too. If you'd only known me, you could have invited me over there. And I would have. <laughs> what's what's funny up on them is, there? Um, what's funny is. You know, people that generally, you know, criticize Slash were all over that, like, oh, my God, this is so good. I'm like, okay. You know, it backfired on me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Can you put me on hold? I got to call for work. All right. Yeah, which part? Are you still there? I'm still here. Lady Holder. Okay, Lady Holder. I was hoping I would get her on hold before she answered that phone and revealed to the Internet <laughs> Oops. where she, where she was working. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, good idea. But um, so you participated in both challenges. Huh? How did it go? What do you think? Well, I'm I'm kind of stuck on the Harry Potter one because I've got to write – Day six, and 
since I work all week long, it sucks because it's been very difficult for me to write. And I've been rather short of sleep this week. It makes it's made work really interesting. Mhm. Yeah. But other than that, um, the only thing I've got to say about it is, damn, that people are obsessed by the kittens. I feel like the there. The kittens, because you know what? The internet is like ancient Egypt. Yes, it worships kittens and sex. All That's right. right. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it made it interesting as I was wandering through stuff. Yeah, it, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Yes, yeah, Robin already so, commented about the kitties. <laughs> <laughs> Always kitties, kitties, kitties. I uh-huh. actually posted a video on my Facebook earlier today or last I night saw. before I went to bed about the kitten like an Ewok. That was the creepiest thing oh. I've ever seen. I mean, it was it's adorable. So it was adorable, it was but my so... husband says, my husband leans down and says, what the fuck is that? I said, it's a kitten. He says, are you sure? And then I got to looking at it, and you know how sometimes if you look at a word and you look at it so much, it stops looking like a real word? There came a uh-huh. point watching that kitten video when that kitten stopped looking <laughs> like a kitten. I was like, Oh, it looks huh. like an Ewok right away to me, but I, I'm kind of wondering what that cat looks like all grown up, but it, it's a very yeah. cute yeah, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have somebody else on the phone, so I'm going to not I'll put hold. you on hold, but shh. Okay. I always do. <laughs> this Lovely. is Kira. This is Sina. Hey. Hello, Sina. <laughs> see, she totally broke her vow of silence. Did you see that? She just it's busted Sina. it wide right open. It was some new people, and he's quiet. <laughs> I have a computer again. I figured I'd say hi. Well, that's oh, awesome. So How do you like your new computer? Uh, it's not my new one. It's my husband's old laptop because he got a brand new one. I'm waiting on my parents to send me my new laptop. Ah, oh. well, at least it's yours until you get a new one. Exactly. I can't get. So you're not sharing it. anymore. No, now, I'm not wait. sharing. If yours was broken, how come he got a new one? Because he needs it for his job. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, I can forgive that, maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. No, he really did need it for work. Plus, he's <laughs> trying to finish getting his uh, cert- certification for um, the CTAF. Okay. So. Well, money is yeah. yeah, money's, money's important, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Helping the man he's make more money is really great. That's just like Tammy, who has been <laughs> forgiven an excuse from all... Further minion excursions until which time her new man pisses her off because cock is more important. Cock is very important. Cock, cock is, is very important. important. Yes. We are a cock worshiping cult, so I mean. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes. So, <laughs> did you enjoy the environment of of being with all the other authors and doing the same challenge and being in the same fandom? Was that Helpful or inspiring yes. or irritating that, or what? Hold on a second. I gotta let the dog out. Nibbler, go. <laughs> oh, so you're the Help. one who let the dog out? No. <laughs> now yeah. we know. You yeah, know the worst part about that is she's probably too young to even get it. Probably. What? 
See? I'm sorry, I was distracted. She was like popping up and down. <laughs> she pointed out that you were the person that let the dog out. Yeah. See, I told you she wouldn't get it. It's so terrible. God. It's so terrible to be there. We're surrounded by infants. Senna, there was a song. <laughs> Called Who Let the Dog oh. Out. Oh, oh my God! That came out like my my junior my junior year of high school. Oh God! Sorry, oh, kiss my butt. <laughs> really? This is just, just no, kiss my butt. No, okay. But it was awful. But, but because, because you let your dogs out, my junior prom. I realized I need to let my dog out. <laughs> hey, big baby. He's like, fuck What's you. Up, He's like, no, no. No. Come on. <laughs> I hear this a lot, by the way. You know, I don't hear the, the dog and you're talking, placed. but I hear I placed. hear her talking to him. Yeah, I sit. They're sweet dogs. Sit. In your place and sit. You're a good so boy. So you guys couldn't hear Nibbler, but that's because my phone wasn't picking it up. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. But, um, and no, I is singing the song. Oh God, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I. I'd, I'd be okay, sorry, come. but, well, they'll live. Now, I have to put them in their place and then let them out because my garage where they go out the back has stairs. And um, they got excited one day and knocked me down them. Oh, no. <laughs> trying to get out of the house. And so oh, I make them sit in a place until I get down the stairs and then they're allowed to come. Yeah. Well, that's good, though. At least so they're, they're not going to push you down the stairs again. Yeah, because when they knocked me down the stairs, I fell on the riding lawnmower, and I broke a nail off in the quick. Oh, <laughs> shit, that hurt. And I don't mean oh. just in the quick. I mean halfway up my nail bed. Oh, oh, oh God. I've done that. I did that and twice I wear, when I worked at um, I wear false nails. I don't wear acrylic. I wear gels. And um, this is a liquid gel. It goes on my finger, liquid. Oh, it goes on mm-hmm. like hot lava, right? Um, it makes for a very flexible nail. Mm-hmm. I haven't broken a nail in years until they knocked me down the stairs. It was horrific. Blood was everywhere. You guys oh. don't want to hear that. <laughs> One of the things that we were talking about with um, with Karen and briefly with Cash before she had to go do her job in that terrible, she had to go work. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking hey, at least about to listen to us. We were getting, we were talking about um, doing um, themed challenges on Rough Trade. And the thing is, is that you can write anything you want to outside of a challenge environment. But I got to thinking about it, and I think that probably this month has been our most successful Rough Trade to date. And I don't just mean word count; I mean people actually completing mm-hmm. their stories, completing yep. their work. I think a big part of it you know. for me was just like finally being forced to plan something instead of just doing what I usually do, which is just pants everything. So making it, you do that outline in the front really helped? Yeah, it did. It helped a lot. And I I started doing that for Tsunami Bomb and a couple of the other stories that I have now too. And so I think it will be easier to finish them. So it definitely awesome. helped me just – I mean, it, it, it did what the challenge was originally supposed to do. You know, it helped me expand my ability as a writer. It's not just, I mean, I'm I'm happy that I completed the challenge. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's awesome that the Harry Potter one is done. But at the same time, it's 
it's more for me about the fact that, you know, I expanded my ability as a writer. I know that I will actually be able to, um, you know, continue to be able to do that in other works, things that are, you know, side projects and stuff that I've never posted for anybody to read and, you know, all the stuff that I still have on the back burner that everybody's been waiting for updates on. <laughs> so it's just, it, it really helps me a lot in that. And I just, I feel like it's, it's, it's done a lot for me just as far as expanding my ability to continue what I want to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that when I um, when I was younger, I had a very convoluted and really detailed and terribly. Um, my process actually handicapped me. Let's put it that way. I would get so bogged down in my world building and character building and details and plotting that I would plot myself into a place where I didn't want to write. So I had to learn where my line was drawn when I prepped too far. When I went, yeah. if you go too far, you're going to... There's only so many times you can tell a story to yourself in your head before you're no longer interested in writing it. Yeah. Is what it boils down to. Now, I'm actually um, uh, having a little sugar moment here, so I'm going to heat me up Pop-Tart. That's the noise you guys are hearing in the background. I love blueberry we'll pop tarts. They're my favorite. My really? favorite are the strawberry ones and the cinnamon ones, which surprises no oh, one. I know. No. I can't eat those things maybe more than once a year, and that's one. It's what? Like my teeth start to scream. Pop tarts. It's just I too love pop tarts. No. You know what's really great though? Hi, Thor. Fiber, Fiber One makes these um, uh, these fruit bars now. It's like uh-huh. a, it's like a blueberry and a fig. Newton had sex and had a baby. They're called spruce like bars. It's just a cookie, but Newtons are fruit and cake. That's uh-huh. right. Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, they are. Damn it! And I like the apple ones. <laughs> I love it's a spruce bar. I highly recommend them. They come in blueberry and in death fruit. Uh-huh. The fruit that shall not be named. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the dark fruit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> the dark fruit. <sighs> Jesus, that's hilarious. Oh, but For no, some reason, no, that made I me am... think of baseball. Now, Senna, you busted. Now, did you do your word count, or are you over or under, or? On HP, I'm over by, <laughs> I, th- I think it's uh, 2,000 words, and all literally everything that I'm over on is sex. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to actually end up doubling the word count, So, but I'm going to be really also actually impressed with myself because this will have been my first completed Harry Potter project under 100K. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's true. I mean, Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond is like two hundred thirty-seven thousand words right now, and it's not done. Okay, and, and it's the awesome. War Mages one, it's fucking awesome. War Mages is one hundred and twenty or one hundred and thirty, and and so is um, Serpent King. They're both over a hundred. Oh, 
Chimp and I were discussing it the other night, and I have a question for you. It's very important. Okay. Okay. Can I visit Lucas with Zale? Ah, oh, no, right? <laughs> I love Wait, you him. Want, I was like, I was You like, want oh me God. to pair Lucas and Zale? No. No, 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 no. Oh. Can I visit them? You told oh. me I couldn't keep Zale, but that I was allowed <laughs> to visit him sometimes. Oh, yeah, you can visit Lucas, too. He's actually my Yay. favorite OC in this project, although I'm also very fond of Otto. That's mm-hmm. what we were talking about last night, actually. Him, him and Otto, uh, sorry. <laughs> have some order and have some silence. Exactly. When I wrote that scene, I got so fucking tickled with myself, I had to get up and walk away. I just <laughs> thought I was going to puke laughing last night when I was reading it. I swear to God, I thought I was going to be sick from reading it because I was laughing so hard. But the problem comes in is because when Otto kind of sits up and laughs, it's because he's probably heard this speech like 5,000 times. (laughs) That just makes it better. So it makes you wonder how often Lucas has ended that conversation with killing someone who wouldn't do what what he wanted. Well, I mean, oh. from a Hitmanian perspective, I'm pretty sure I can make an estimation. <laughs> Obey my rules or else, motherfucker, which is basically <laughs> what he was saying, right? <laughs> which is basically my my motto in life as well. <sighs> well, I mean, you know. <laughs> Obey me or else. <laughs> uh-huh. You will sit down, shut up, and do what I say, or I will jack your shit. There is a reason why my show opens up with that. <laughs> the first time I heard that, I thought I was going to die laughing. <laughs> I went through the number like, of times that you've made me die laughing just about. I went through like 300 clips to find that one. My favorite. <laughs> um, well, well, I actually bought it. it be. I actually bought it. I have the whole song somewhere. <laughs> but really, it's just that and the rhythm, shake your booty kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of burning up. My male guests will find this uncomfortable. Um, I think I'm going through the change. Cover your ears, Ken. Cover your ears. I'm going through the change. I'm 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 almost 100% sure, which is menopause for those of you who are not from the south. <laughs> Uh-huh. One minute I'm hot, the next minute I'm freezing. I almost killed somebody in the grocery store yesterday. I, I mean, thought that was a standard operating procedure. No, it was worse. I actually meant it. Oh, okay. A lot of times I could be like, oh, I want to kill you and not actually mean it, but yesterday I thought it and I meant it. Ah, I meant it. I was okay. like theorizing if I could get out of the store before somebody caught me. <laughs> this doesn't bode well for when I actually hit that point, because, because I already I was had like, that issue. I was like, okay, I could um, take out her her ankles first so she couldn't get away. <laughs> uh-huh. Just slice her Achilles tendon. Exactly. Exactly, Senna. See? See? We're on the same fucking page. Anyways, exactly. I refrained. I refrained Ooh, because I do remember the 
the main reason I don't want to go to jail. No There's internet. No Wi-Fi. Exactly. <laughs> Very <laughs> limited internet. And they wouldn't let me have my own laptop. No. Yeah, that's just bullshit. It is bullshit, but... You'd have to make CP shove it up his ass and you get in for it. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to bootleg me in a laptop. You know, actually, that's terrible, right? Because I'm not sure. I could write on paper and pencil anymore, paper and pen. No, I don't, I don't think I could. Cause I, got, I have trouble I with know. it. It actually makes my hand crunch up. Yeah, you're right, you know. I don't know. I don't think so. I really don't. I, I tried when I was doing my outline and stuff, and uh, I dropped the pen like six times because my fingers just, like, they clenched, and I couldn't move them. So. I can Which do, is why like, my husband keeps yelling at me to get x-rays. Yeah, it's probably carpal tunnel. Uh, oh, right? Carpal tunnel. Probably. Yeah. Um, I've got... Um, uh, I can do basic outlining ah, on paper. Ah, there's another male minion in chat. Sorry. But I can't actually write on paper anymore. I mean, I can do plotting for, you know, because it's like you stop and stop and, you know, go and think, stop and look up stuff. But if you're actually, like, consistently writing over a long period of time, it's 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 terrible. Yeah, it's really painful. But we have somebody on the phone with us right now who actually uses one of those smart pens to write with. I know. Isn't that right? Hello. You're allowed to talk now, Mom. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just reading to YouTube. <laughs> um, I also contemplated No, you myself. weren't, because no, if you were, you would know <laughs> what no, we were okay. talking about. No, I'm sorry. I was contemplating myself. No, I do... I do write um, longhand, but I write longhand because I don't really have much choice if I want to get any writing in during the day at work because of where I work. Um, I'm not, I don't have a connection um, for email out, so anything I write has to be written on paper. And they're very twitchy about the magic pen, so I don't uh, use that. So that leaves regular pen and paper. And so... Why don't you um, about the magic pen? Because I work in a call center and it records voices. Oh. <laughs> yes. So rather than give them any, re- any more reason to be twitchy, I have a, a notebook that I have. I've got comfortable pens and I... Um, I, sometimes I write down ideas, sometimes I write down 60% of whatever I'm writing, and the rest of it comes about when I get to a computer and I'm actually, you know, typing everything in. So, yeah. Uh, it makes it, um, sometimes it's painful because my hand cramps up. Because I do have carpal tunnel, sometimes it's um, it's just irritating because then I have to sit there with a notebook and I actually have to type everything out. Yeah. But I, I figure, would not I, get I anything at, accomplished if I had to do it that way. <laughs> yeah, well, I found that I can get the core of a scene down if I'm writing at work. Mm-hmm. And then when I get home, I sit there and I flush everything else out. And that works out okay. 
I'd get in trouble if I use one of those at work. A magic pen? Yes, because I'd probably mm-hmm. stab somebody with it for interrupting me with an order. <laughs> How dare you! I don't fucking care about like your phone. I was yeah. like the worst. The worst thing I do to my husband is he'll come into the office, and because I wear a pair of noise canceling headphones, he has a habit of turning uh-huh. off the light to get my attention. And it's better than him poking me and scaring the shit out of me, right? So I appreciate that. I appreciate the light switch thing more than. But then what I'll do to him is if, if I'm middle in a, if I'm in the middle of something that's really you know I'm really geared up for it, mm-hmm. I'll hold up a hand and, po- and like one finger at him. Don't talk, bitch. Mm-hmm. I'll kill you. And I'll finish what I'm that. doing. And the first time I did it, I finished what I was doing, and I took off my headphones, and I turned and looked at him, and he was looking at me like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really did just you really did just dismiss me that way, didn't you? <laughs> you yeah. didn't just Matter tell. Fact, you just did a finger to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I did. I did. Yeah. He's like, what if I had an emergency? I, do I, was, I would hope you wouldn't just fucking stand there if you had an emergency. <laughs> yes, do the people dance. Um, OT asked if I why I can't read uh, my notes into the smart pen. The thing with the magic pen is it's got um, paper that's got probably oh a million dots to the to the size of the paper, and it's, it's a standard college notebook uh, size paper. And those dots are seen by a camera. So as I'm, <laughs> as I'm writing on it, I'm basically recording my handwriting, and that gets turned into text. Me doing the reading it is Dragon Naturally Speaking, and it hates my accent. It hates mine, too. Yes. I have Dragon Speaking, I have dragon speaking Naturally. Um, I forget which version I've got, but I spent like three weeks training it, and it's still, you know, mm-hmm. granted, you're all listening to me, you know what I sound like. I do mm-hmm. have a bit of an accent, a little one, a little one, a little bit. Small. Just a tiny Small. one. Yeah, like tiny, saying, like, like tiny accent. But six weeks of training, and it still couldn't, No. No. <laughs> That's just no. Although I got very good at actually using it for punctuation and returns. and I mean, mm. I was actually very good at it. Um, and I did it, like, I would be going, and I would just be going and going and going, and I would have all my spaces and punctuation where it was supposed to be, and end quote. And I got very good at that part. The only problem was is that in between all the punctuation that looked fantastic was gibberish. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so yeah. fucking annoying. Oh my god. <clears throat> the the level of at, at the end of it, my level of give a fuck with that system. Um, thankfully, I didn't pay full price for it, but it was a full full program. Um, it got to be too annoying. It got. Uh, I I read very quickly. I read faster than the program could could understand me. Um, when I was reading out loud, so we found another. I found another thing, and it was um, I knew somebody had to have a system where they could take handwriting and convert it to text. Uh, so I went looking for it, and I found a couple different versions. And 
the husband found the magic pen and I got it for Christmas and I, he had a very good Christmas Eve or Christmas night. Let's just say that. I but, bet he um, did. Yes. It it was uh, <laughs> it was everything I wanted and I, I absolutely adored the thing. You know, so it's But just, she does um, li- right. but she does live in fear of losing it. Hell yes. You know, that's just no. I, I've I've actually left it out of my purse. Um, and left it at the office one day. I turned around and I went, I was halfway home. I turned around and went back to the office. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. I would have no, too. No one blames because you. It, because it might have disappeared. Someone might have taken it. It would have been gone. Boom. Yes. Yes, that would have been bad. No, no boom. Not cool. Bad. Yeah. Things would have walk, walked away. It would have been terrible. Because shit has a habit of walking away. Mhm. We have we I have a set of somebody. light fingers. Yeah, we have a set of light fingers at the the office right now. They're taking pretty much anything that's not nailed down. Um, I've left uh, nectarines bear on my trap. desk the next morning. They've taken those. I don't understand that one, but yeah. Put a note on your food telling them that you have mono. There's a thought. No, tell me about hepatitis C. That's scarier. Yeah, but that might get her. (laughs) No, that's discrimination. She's got a lawsuit then. (laughs) Right, yeah, but she doesn't actually have it. (laughs) No, it was a defense defense mechanism, all right? (laughs) Mono might get her sent home. That's true. Um, Actually, there was a girl in the office who had it. And she was out for the infectious period, and then she was back to work. Wow. I got mono, yep. like, in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I couldn't lift my head for, th- for like, six weeks. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. This is worse on kids than it is on adults. I don't know, but it was terrible. I don't know. But my reaction to that was, get the fuck away from me. Go home. Sybil says, have you seen the baggies that make your food look spoiled? Um, I don't know if that's they a have good them idea. On because you, you might have a coworker who's like me. And when I was on, when I worked, um, there was a community refrigerator, roof refrigerator. And if food went bad in it, I threw it away. And left yeah. nasty notes, calling people nasty motherfuckers. <laughs> You would not believe how often I ended up in my boss's office. And the first time it happened, I had thrown away something of his. And I left a little note. I didn't call him a motherfucker. I just said, I've left a note on the empty bowl that I dumped out and washed and put back in the fridge with the note. It said I threw away whatever was in here. I couldn't tell because it was covered in mold. <laughs> And okay. I got um, called into his office because I signed it. I ain't, I ain't even playing. And he said, "Watch it throw away my whatever it was." And I'm like, "Because it was disgusting. It had been in there three weeks." And I don't know about you, but I don't want anybody's science experiments in the same refrigerator where I have my food. I said, "If you want to <laughs> grow mold, you do that at home." <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 
I'm, and there was this uh, one lady, she brought in this really funky cheese, and when she came mm. in, like, she came to my desk and she said, I wanted to let you know that um, I brought some uh, some cheese, and I forget what kind of cheese, blue, it, maybe it was blue, I don't remember, she said, but it's supposed to look like this, because she thought I would throw it away, and I would have, I totally <laughs> would have thrown it away, I totally would have, because it looks I... disgusting. I bet. I have um, my own lunchbox that I bring because I don't particularly need the light fingers that I work with to take my my lunch either. And so, you know, that I've got a, a, um, a lunchbox and it's got a little cooler thing in it and it sits by my desk and you know what? I'm very happy with that. Isn't that a shame uh, that you have to do that? Yes, it is. Uh, but then again, people it's are also assholes. A, yeah, people are assholes. But I, I, I like it a lot better than than you know. Even if I don't have a set of light fingers in the office, um, some of those people that do have science experiments, okay, um, be it willingly or unwillingly, and the facilities guys out in in my uh, in my office. They actually will every Sunday any um, any lunchbox container, what have you, gets dumped. They don't throw the lunchboxes or the containers away. They empty them out and they they rinse them at least. But any food is gone out of the refrigerator by Sunday night. I don't think because they don't they don't want science experiments. Well, the problem is there's the other days of the week. And science experiments go very quickly. And I don't it's really terrible. want that. It's, it's horrific. terrible. I once put a note in somebody's Tupperware bowl. It was a man. I cleaned it out for him. <laughs> I put a little note in there. And he didn't notice the note. And he takes it home to his wife. And I put my name and my phone number on it. Mm. And I told her it was in her best interest to stop sending him to work with her new good Tupperware because he was growing things in it that might belong on an episode of Star Trek Um, because he never cleans out his bowls. And so he started coming in to work with these glad, you know, those glad temporary throwaway Uh Tupperwares. Yeah. Yes. She called me and she said, oh, my God, I don't even want to know what you thought, what, what you found in this bowl. It's been missing for a month. Oh, oh my, my God! God. Oh, I was, like, I was like, I don't even know what it was. I have no idea what was actually in the bowl. The thing is, is I have a very weak stomach, and if they made me sick at work, I cussed them out. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. I blame you. Anyway, people, if you have a community refrigerator, don't do that to your fucking coworkers. That's all I'm saying. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, I actually have another caller on the line. Hold on, you guys. This is Kira and Senna and Lady Holder. <laughs> oh my! All the bitches. All the bitches. Who is this? <laughs> oh hey, this is Jilly. I um missed the first hour and uh, I'm not at my computer, so I have no idea what's been going on. Oh, Can she just say this? Jilly. It's huh? Jilly. It's yes. Jilly. Where are my yes. goldfish? Where are my goldfish? <laughs> 
I, I ordered, you can't. I ordered, I ordered a new shipment, and you know they're 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 slow. Okay. You can't promise a hit minion. I, Go fish I also and not deliver. I also ordered the sugar free cinnamon gummies. Woo-hoo. So, Jilly, you did Stargate and Harry Potter. I did. So, how do you feel about it? Uh, I, you know, I feel pretty good about it. Um, I I was dreading Harry Potter. Um, because I I was my idea I thought was pretty crazy, and I wasn't certain that I was gonna be able to do it. Um, but actually, it wrote smoother than the Stargate one did, which was kind of odd. Right? <laughs> I had the same experience, yeah. By the way, Jilly, the uh, chat room says hi. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So yeah, I, I actually wondered if the um, Stargate, uh, because it was first, mm-hmm. if it was a warm-up issue, you know, of trying to get into the groove of the challenge. You know, because a lot of times during Nano, my first week or two of Nano, I'm kind of bogged down in the stress of it, and then I kind of mm-hmm. hit my stride around week three. So I was, I'm wondering if I had those problems in Stargate. Even though I found the environment that I was in very um, inspiring and challenging, if um, it was just the, uh, I didn't have a momentum built up. That could be. I mean, I think I, I would definitely. I I saw that people were more in their stride in Harry Potter. I don't know mm-hmm. if that people have more familiarity with Harry Potter than they do with Stargate, or if it was just we had the warm up. Or, but I, I mean, everybody blew their word count practically. Not everybody, but most of us blew our word count on Harry Potter, and almost nobody did on Stargate. So that was um, an interesting little. Well, I kind of reversal. expected it. To be honest, I expected it because going into it, I picked the two fandoms I picked for a reason. One, I knew that it would be very easy to contain yourself in Stargate because while Stargate has a huge fandom and they have a – the canon for Stargate is actually quite small. Mm-hmm. You have the Gate, you have the Wraith, you have the Ancients, you have the Ori – um, and the thing is, is that even though you have all these different elements, Stargate in itself is actually an extremely small canon. Just like NCIS is a very small canon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hawaii Five-O is a tiny canon. I mean, it's really tight, you know. But then you get into Harry Potter, <laughs> which is fucking huge. And the fanon behind Harry Potter is even bigger Mm-hmm. And so I knew it would be a huge challenge to kind of compact yourself down to 10K. And I didn't honestly go into it thinking anybody would accomplish it. I knew I wouldn't. I was I was hoping to stay under 30. <laughs> well, I was I I I I could have done it if I'd taken like all of the emotional depth out of the story. And I I had to make that decision on day 2. Am I going to have any emotional depth for this story? Or am I going to stick to my word count? And I, I cut like uh, 800 words off the first day because of making the decision about trying to hit word count. And then on mm-hmm. day two, I added those 800 words back in because I decided I wanted the emotional depth um, more than the word count. So I said, fuck right. it. You know, I, 
I, I, I knew I knew pretty early on what I did wrong, why I couldn't stick to the plot, um, to the to the um, word count, uh, you know. But lesson learned, and you know, just moving on. Well, I know why I blew my word count, and um, but Senna, why did you blow? You blew yours with sex, Senna. I did. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was when I was working on Act Four, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to get through everything that I needed to get through and still be able to include the duel and then have them bond. And uh-huh. half the reason that you know I wanted to write that story was so that you know Charlie could find his soulmate and bond with him. So it would have defeated the purpose of all the plotting and everything else that I did to take that out. And uh-huh. I wouldn't have been satisfied with the story, so I left it in. And it did put me over on my word count, but I'm happy with the end result, so it still doesn't feel like I failed. You know what I mean? Right. No, I think that um, there are there there are uh, sad failures and happy failures, and busting over your word count and still making a complete story is is a happy failure. You know? Yeah. Um, and and you don't have anybody else to please in this challenge but yourself. Uh, the reason that I wanted to do this is because a lot of writers in, in fandom eventually move on to professional um, endeavors, and there are times when you're going to have to write at a certain word count to to meet a contract, and you're going to have to do yeah. it in a certain amount of time. You know, So it was just a skill I think that you need to have, and um, – it's something that you build over time, and even Stephen King. And I had that video up on the front page for a while with Stephen King talking about how he meant for some of the, some of his biggest works to be short stories. Misery was supposed to be a short story. <laughs> it didn't quite work how. out that way. Yeah, that didn't work out too well for him. <laughs> but, you know, so with mine, my problem came with my premise. Because here's the thing, I had this idea that Harry Potter was going to be this, you know, international kind of hit wizard thing, and I really didn't know where to go with it. And then I thought, okay, you know what, he's actually, he can't be by himself in the field like that. That's not how an organization would work, you know. This this isn't like he's like... He's not a Texas Ranger, you know, one riot, one ranger. That's that's not how that's going to work in reality. And I realized he needed a team, and that team in the past, in the war, was was Ron and Hermione, and he would cultivate similar relationships. But then I realized that while he might seek out someone like Hermione, that he would avoid someone like Ron, like the plague. Which is how we got Otto and Lucas, which is awesome. Just, which is how mm-hmm. I got Otto and Lucas. Because I knew <laughs> I needed someone with a um, background and a temperament quite like Harry's, which is where Lucas came from. And Otto is, um, Otto is in case uh, any of you missed it, is crazy. No, <laughs> really? You know, no, Otto's crazy. He is. I didn't it's, catch that I don't when he know. threatened to rip his tongue out. Right, no, no, he's he's a whack job. He is crazy. The thing is, is they're not, none of them are right, to be perfectly honest. But you can't do the jobs they do and be sane, and be normal. Right, and yeah. be normal. No, and but but Otto is crazy, and I kind of patterned Otto after a character on Scandal. 
So if you watch Scandal, Scandal is a great show. It's on Netflix. You can watch the first four seasons on Netflix. I fucking highly recommend it. It's addictive. Do not watch it unless you have time to spare because I meant to watch one episode one night and I watched two seasons. I'm just telling you. <laughs> one minute you're watching. And the okay. next thing you know, because Netflix has that thing where it just goes into the next episode and you don't even know it. I, it was like watching one big giant movie that lasted ten hours. I don't even know. It was terrible. But there's a character on that named named Huck. And Huck is a former CIA uh, assassin. He's not really CIA. They have their own organization in the show that, that, that he belonged mm-hmm. to. Um, and he was basically an assassin um, for hire. And the thing is, is while Lucas doesn't shy away from the fact that he was a hit wizard um, for a political organization, um, Otto doesn't talk about it. But Otto um, is like, he was a professional killer when Harry sort of rescued him from his situation and and put him into place where he is, you know. And he uh, has a history with um, the goblins. And when someone didn't pay the goblins, men like Otto were sent out into the world to either collect the money or collect their head. Yeah. Collect their money or collect their head. So and and, and ah, that's what he, he did for years. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's what he did for years and, until Harry stumbled across him and kind of you know rescued him, took him under his wing, and said, "Okay, you're not going to do that anymore. We're going to fight for justice now, and I'm not going to ask you to kill anybody, and I would prefer that you not do it. And if somebody has to die, I think it should be me or Lucas who does it." <laughs> <laughs> and also in the course of this, when you're in the scene where they're trying to decide who's going to take Robert's blood for this ward buster, Otto's the one that says, "Now, dude, <laughs> you would enjoy that way too much. I can't let you do it." <laughs> yeah, he, because he's as, as surprising as it is, he's the one being the voice of sanity. Right, in that moment, because he's not as emotionally invested, even as Lucas is at this point. You know, he's, mm-hmm. um, cause he's kind of disconnected. And so I, so I put all these characters in, and that's when I realized that I had no hope whatsoever of, of, of meeting my word count. So I said, fuck it, and here I am, and I'm probably going to end up with around 23, 24K. And this is why I. Every time you've mentioned the potential word count, all I've been doing is laughing. It's just, it's just, it's, she just laughs and laughs and laughs. And laughs. Well, there's reasons, <laughs> and most of them are I. I, I because I, reasons. I saw this. I yes, because reasons. I saw <laughs> this coming in, and all I could think of was, I'm going to be absolutely floored if she makes it to 10k for the first chapter. <laughs> okay. Hey, I want okay. She did, though. Confession. I wrote 7k the first day. I wrote yeah. both of my first updates on the first day. Same yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so, think yeah. I knocked out my first I think I knocked out my first 3 days um in the first 24 hours. Um uh-huh. and and it's just, you know, I realized I realized on when I started the stuff for for the second day I realized that I had two 10K plots that I had intertwined to the point that I couldn't extricate them from each other. 
Um, uh-huh. so I kind of, I kind of had my plot was too complicated, and I had, you know, I had characters for each plot, you know, that were important to each plot. And I thought about trying to decouple it, but I couldn't figure out how to do it and have it make sense. And then I just said, you know, I'm just going to tell the twenty thousand word story and move on with my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, oh, that's an issue right Joy. there that you know we talked about in Stargate was that people were paring down their. Um, their plots going into it to reach their word count, and we're like, you can't fit that much in 10K. You're not going to actually be able to accomplish that. And I think that in Harry Potter, because like I said, the canon is so big that it was like, fuck mm-hmm. it, we can't. <laughs> 10K is impossible. <laughs> Unless there's like two people, and they go nowhere, and they stay in a room, and they barely talk. <laughs> That is one thing I I learned from this challenge, especially starting with Stargate. I didn't Mm -hmm. think I was going to be able to keep to one perspective. I honestly thought Mm -hmm. that I was going to end up flipping back and forth, and I found that writing from Evan's perspective was incredibly easy. And then going into uh, HP, I I had so – it was so easy to write Charlie that I was, like, totally shocked because – I when I introduced his soulmate in today's ch- or was that yet? No, that was yesterday's update. Um, when I introduced his soulmate, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna start." No, no, you're not. You're not gonna start writing things from his perspective because that'll like double the story right now. Uh-huh. And that that was not the point of this. You're gonna stick with one perspective. <laughs> so I I yep. found that I can actually force myself to stay with one perspective, even though it's not something that I typically do. Usually I flip back and forth between the two main characters' perspectives. I agree that the one point of view in Stargate for me helped stick to the word count. Um, but with, with HP, it just one point of view wasn't going to work because I realized I could, I could get them to get Harry back and stick to the, to, that, to the word count, but I couldn't have this whole destruction of the British wizarding government plot <laughs> in 1002. It's so tempting. Whenever you go into Harry Potter, you want to destroy what made Harry Potter's life so miserable. Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Everything. It, 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 you it, want it, to take it, it all apart. It's therapeutic. It is. It it's therapeutic. You want to destroy everything that hurt him, and then you want to give him everything. Because it, Harry needs... Uh, whoever th- whoever's doing the Master of Death one, um, had a very nice little plot twist to, to their, I think it's... Um, Is that the one with the walkers? No. No, it's, that's... Uh, um, I haven't read one, hardly any works because I was focused well, on the story, so... I really, I don't it, remember. That was really cathartic. I really enjoyed that story for just the pure destruction. Okay. Yeah, it was amazing. Let's see. It, there, um, there, there were a lot of to write. at the end of that. Yes. Setting to Rights by Matt Jim. Um, yeah, yeah okay. nobody gets a pass. It's great. Nope. <laughs> it, it's, there's, there's some definite cleanup operation going, and watching, you know, the, one of the last scenes um, with the Master of Death and, and you know, the, the tying off of all the loose ends, oh, it was glorious. I, I, I'm sitting there at work, and I'm trying not to do a fist pump and scream yes out loud in the office. Not real subtle when you're trying not to get get attention. I have Word the WordPress app on my cell phone, mm-hmm. and it sends me updates for authors that I'm subscribed to. Uh-huh. Um, Great stuff. 
I decided to do this for the last challenge that we were part of, and I got an update literally two minutes apart from when uh, both Jilly and Kira posted, and I'm standing there at work with this person trying to place their order because I was working at Taco Bell at the time, and I was like, you Bastard, you're ruining my reading time right now. It was really, it was really hard for me to you. not just like hit them with the register. Like I, I hate keep, you. No, it I really was. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. It was bad. And, it was bad. And you know, my my thing is, is I have to, I have to be nice. I have to be calm. I have to be courteous. I have to not tell people that they're fucking morons on the telephone. And I do what I want. So, huh? I said I do what I want. Yeah, I did <laughs> not do that. I left my paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Paychecks. So it's a bitch. Yeah, so it's a wonderful thing. Um, it is a bitch. So you know, in in the stories where I'm feeling all sorts of vindictively pleased and happy with with the death and destruction, when I get a phone call, I'm just all sorts of chipper, right? <laughs> Back to that thing about destroying what hurt Harry Potter. I think that that's one of the major tenets in the fandom is because when you have all these do-over fix or you have these fix where Harry's independent, the first thing he does, the first thing you want him to do in any of those stories is to go shopping. And it's like... It has to happen. He has to have new stuff because he had no stuff because the Dursleys never gave him any stuff. So he needs it. He needs shoes and pants and socks and toys. And it's just like underwear. You, you can't even help yourself as a writer and or he even as a reader. That's if, what he's got Draco for. <laughs> if, as a reader, if I don't get that scene where he gets stuff, I'm kind of disappointed because he needs mm-hmm. stuff. You know, how dare them not give him stuff and make him sleep in a closet. It is just so infuriating. (laughs) So, yes, that reminds me. When I I read the the scene where everybody sat on the floor and had dinner with Harry from your story, Jilly, I just want you to know that in that moment, I absolutely adored Narcissa and I cried. Like, I did. Yeah, I, I cried, cried because it was like, yeah. it, I mean, that that was just, for me, that was a defining moment for the entire relationship in the Malfoy household because she just has that much respect and love for a child that wasn't technically hers, and, you know, to just, for her to break from the aristocracy that she grew up with and married into and to just set that aside. Show so the that humanity? Could, yes, exactly. It was just like... For me, that was that made that whole story for me. Like the, the entire story is amazing, but that part right there was just like, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was. Awesome. I made myself I cried and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you told me off, and I think it was the first the first time the first sad part. You told me off, and I was like, um, okay. But <laughs> you know, I kept making my, I, kept making I mean, it was love. Cry with that story. I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. I made myself cry frequently writing that, and I was like, because, you know, just getting in that whole, you know, writing the abused child thing, it was just, it was just, sometimes it was a little too much, but I felt like I didn't want to, you know, shortchange all of that. So, and yeah, then I, and then after, yeah, and then after I uh, wrote the scene where they have um, the dinner on the floor, I went, boy, I keep putting them on the floor. 
You have me on the floor. Well, but, I mean, if you think about it, the Dursleys did t- treat him worse than some people treat their animals. And so... What was charming for me about the story was when they bring Harry into the nursery and Draco, like, demands... Oh, my God! <laughs> Give me my brother. And it was just like the most fucking adorable thing I've ever read. And I was like, oh, God, I hate you, Jilly. When he gave him his dragon and told him it would protect him, I was just like, oh, yeah, oh, tiny little Malfoy Lord is adorable. Jilly's a beast. Uh, that's what it boils down to. And I hate True you, story. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, you know, sometimes you, you read something and it's just terribly, terribly moving and terrible, terrible jilly. Yeah. Terrible. Well, that's one of the other things about when people, when, when people tell you that they've been crying, it's sort of like you have that sort of split moment in your head of, like, do I dance around the room in excitement or say, God, I'm sorry? I don't <laughs> apologize. I have no regrets. Because I recently made practically everybody in Rough Trade cry. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I can't. I, I've oh. been very good at not cry, screaming about you that. <laughs> oh my god! For those of oh, you who are not work? in Rough Trade, those of you who are not in the Rough Trade group, I published a. Um, I posted a excerpt from um, an episode of Ring of Fire where John returns to Earth with, with Atlantis and. Um, Sebastian and Rodney were at the ancient outpost, and the Ori destroyed it. So he comes into this thing where he thinks that his that his husband and son are dead. And sorry, and um, it was actually the most difficult scene I've ever written, and I cried writing it, and I cry every time I read it. And I told, and I originally brought this up um, in a radio show, and I said that I would actually, that I didn't think I would actually publish it, or that, and that it wouldn't actually be a part of the series. And it was brought up in a thread in Rough Trade, I think by Karen, and um, somebody else asked to see it. And I said, well, you know, I'll post it. Just just keep in mind that it's a rough draft, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's just terrible. Uh-huh. It's terrible because John cries. And this is the first time that John's had a, a really profound emotional moment in, in public. Because, you know, you see John kind of lose it with Rodney at, at certain points in, 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 in what might have been. But he has mm-hmm. this very stoic face for everybody, including his father. And in this scene, it's just John and Patrick. And John kind of turns to his father and cries like a child. He cries for the first time in the, in the, um, in the series. And it's a moment for Patrick and John who went from estranged in what might have been to this moment in Ring of Fire where Patrick has finally, through everything, through everything, and even in this very tragic moment where John thinks he's lost Sebastian and Rodney, he's turned to his father for support for the very first time. Emotional support, not um, political support, support or you know safety or you know protect him, do this, do that. He's turned to his father for emotional support for the very first time since they've not been estranged. 
and yeah. I feel the and part, it was just yeah, it was terrible. I'm I apologize, the, but I, but I have no regrets. <laughs> Yeah, I you, was you, you could almost work. you could almost hear the, you'd almost hear the writing the the wheels of rough trade grind to a halt as everybody reacts to reading that. And I was as when I got to the end of it, I was like, I am so glad that that bitch issued that disclaimer, or I would just find a way to hurt her right now. <laughs> I was at, I was at, at the ending work. Disclaimer. Okay, lady holder. Here I am Go, at work holder. thinking. Yeah, here I am at work. And I see this little thing on there, and I'd been I, I'd been very good. I hadn't been on Facebook through most of the day. I, I get on, it's it's at the top of my list because of how many people are commenting on this thing. I open it up, I read it over break, and I I must have looked like I'd gotten news that one of my cats had died because like my face was all blotchy, and my coworkers are giving me the what the fuck is wrong with you look, and it's like. Yeah, and, you know, it's a good thing I was at work because otherwise you'd have gotten a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, how could you? I've actually had that since 2009, and Lady Holder had never seen it. Cause like oh. I said, I'm, I'm not really sure um, if it really fits the story I want to tell, but there's also that emotional connection with John and Patrick that I think is so super important, you know. And sometimes, sometimes you write something. Beautiful. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. You write mm-hmm. something and you think that it that it need that you, that you need it. Like, and maybe I needed it. And what the the most interesting part about that is that I actually someone actually asked to see it, and Karen had brought it up in the thread, and someone actually asked to see it, and um, she the the person who saw asked to read it who was the kind of the uh, for the reason I posted it, um, contacted me privately on Facebook to talk about it because I really messed her up. <laughs> she cried <laughs> really hard. But she was really thrilled with it and really happy that I posted it for her because she felt like that um, I had um, given her a gift and um but she said, but she cried um apparently really hard and um so I, I you broke know people. I you broke people that yeah. day i've been thinking I, about re- yeah i've been thinking about rereading it because i i read it through very very quickly because i had only so much time and the thing that that gets is me this is your masochistic streak oh yeah very much so um it's it's a depending on what's going on beforehand, leave it in, okay? Yes, it will gut everybody who gets to that point. If you leave that as the uh, the cliffhanger, I'll stand in front of you. I'll do my best, but I don't think I'm going to be able to save you. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you right now. I swore <laughs> to myself after I wrote The Awakening that I would never, ever under any circumstances in any fic, fan fiction, or professional kill a child. Again. Thank you. Because I did it in The Awakening, and not only did it mess me up when I wrote it, Mm -hmm. it, I had nightmares for weeks. The thing is, is I killed that kid off screen. I know. And you never even meet her. So I never even... There's, she doesn't have a single piece of dialogue in the whole story, and only Blair meets her in the spirit plane, and I don't even show that. So this this is a child that 
number one, I never cast as a there, there's no face attached to her. Um, she Schrodinger's child. Right, but yeah, kind of is terrible. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. <evil. laughs> that was terrible. The Tyler is alive and dead. <laughs> that was terrible. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so she has no dialogue. I never put her on screen at any point um, in the story, and it fucked me up so much to kill that kid that I will never, under any circumstances, do it again. You know, you I think it's the hardest. She didn't have any. What? Go ahead, Senna. I was like, she did. Oh. I was just going to say, the hardest part for me when I was reading it was when Sebastian finally started speaking. When Mm. when you get to his dialogue and then Rodney tells him to tell him everything that he loves and Sebastian starts listing it, that Mm -hmm. was the part where it just really, really got to me because his answers were just so young and it just showcased how young he was. Mm -hmm. Which which doesn't often show up in what might have been because... He's um, he's very yeah. smart. Exactly, <clears throat> and so it just it just kind of put that into perspective because it was like yes, he is a very intelligent person, and yes, most of the time he has very grown up responses, but he is still a child, and he is John's child, and he might as well be Rodney's child, and you know, it was just it was it was very hard for me to read, and when I got. When I got to the very end where John started crying on Patrick, that was when I just lost it. I'm I mean, sorry. I full on hour long ugly cry. <laughs> but no, don't apologize. It was it it was amazingly written, and you know, anytime an author evokes that kind of emotion in me, I just I respect them that much more because. But like you said, you believe in happy endings, and you did tell us that you were never going to kill a child again after reading The Awakening, and it, as a promise to yourself. Oh, because it was so terrible. It was just, I, had, I had nightmares. I had nightmares that I ended up burying one of my nieces. Um, oh, and, God. Um, um, funeral nightmares. I mean, it was terrible. It was so terrible. So, no, I would I would never do it. Um, that's interesting that you bring that up about Sebastian's um, talking um, talk, talk about the things that he loves, because that's actually almost a um, mirror of a scene in Sentinels of Atlantis. When John um, starts in the ga- everything that he loves. In the gathering, um, when John is um, suffering through a sensory spike, it's Daniel mm-hmm. and Rodney and Sam telling John what is beautiful about life, because John told them that life was pain, and they... Yeah responded by telling him all the things they think that is beautiful about life. And then John kind of comes out of it and says, you know, you know, talks about Ferris wheels and, you know, and, and, and love. And, and so it's like um, I talked earlier about crafting um, the universes in Stargate where oh, a lot of times I'll these themes kind of come back to me because I think they're important um, – character building moments where you can learn so much about a character in that moment. And what you learn about Sebastian is that for all of his intelligence and all of his um, 
desire to to be productive and to be part of the family and to be strong. He's still just a, a little boy, and he likes roller coasters and watching girls surf and chocolate cake. And who um, doesn't like chocolate cake? Who doesn't? <laughs> and if they do. They're, so, they're not friends of ours. <laughs> right. You're no friend of mine. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that song just popped right into my head. Oh my god! Because your daddy don't. Because your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. Daddy don't rock and roll. Yeah. That's what it is. That's oh, right. <laughs> Earworm. But you know, so John. When I write, so the thing is, is with Stargate, Rodney is my favorite character. Bar none. He is my favorite character. But what I've noticed about myself is as much as I love Rodney, I tend to write in John's point of view. He's, he likes and watching I don't, Rodney. Well, because I don't he loves know Rodney just as much as you do. Uh, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I'm, I'm going to go with that. Because <laughs> your mama don't <laughs> dance. But, mm-hmm. no, writing that scene was really difficult. And, um... There's actually a, a, a line in there that my nephew said to me once, and um, it's a lot about Paul Bear Bryant. And for those of you who don't live in the South, Paul Bear Bryant was the coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide um, in the <laughs> 80s, and he is a god in the South. You don't talk shit about Paul Bear Bryant, no matter who you follow. You could be an Not Auburn fan, an Alabama fan, or a Florida fan. You don't talk shit about Paul Bear Bryant. And my nephew um, is an Auburn fan, huge Auburn fan, um, which is sacrilegious in my family, by the way. And uh, he, <laughs> he, we're in a store, and he picked up a baseball cap uh, with the pattern, the Paul Bear Bryant pattern. What's it called, Senna? Do you remember? Is it no herringbone? Maybe it's black and white checks, sort of, but not quite. Um. Anyway, he picked it up and put it on, and I said, "Isn't that a violation of your Auburn Spanish stuff?" And he went, "Paul Bear Bryant's a god." (laughs) And he walked away. Wearing the hat. So I put that in there as one of Sebastian's lines. And after I wrote it, and Hounds too, thank you. And after I wrote it and I read it, it really upset me because I I put my nephew in that spot emotionally and and mentally. So, um, yes, it was was very... uh, a very difficult scene to write. Um, but I think that if you're actually a fan of Stargate canon, you know exactly where Rodney and Sebastian are. Oh, yeah. I know where they are. Because I don't. Oh. <laughs> I want to yeah. be surprised. I'm, I'm not going to okay. say. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> no. This, but what? This is the part where I admit to something and it's terrible. Okay. So, prior to finding your work, I had I had never seen anything but the Stargate movie. And then I watched, like, <laughs> ten episodes of the watched. first Stargate. I've, I've, I've only seen ten episodes of the, the first season of the original Stargate, and I have only ever seen the Shrine episode for Stargate Atlantis. Oh, 
Oh, Allison, part of the reason why I absolutely hate Jennifer Keller, Keller so much because that was my oh, introduction she's such a to her. Oh, she's such mm-hmm. a cow. That isn't even the worst one. The worst one for me is the one where they're on Earth and the ice storm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Where Rodney saves her and she confesses her love. Oh my God, I wanted to stab Jill State in the head. And that's terrible because Jill State's so cute. <laughs> She's so sweet, too, and I love her as a, uh, I can't ever pronounce the name right, her character in Firefly, because I'm not going to butcher it. Oh, um, Kaylee. Kaylee, that's what it is. See, I told you, I always butcher it. But I love her character in Firefly, and I just, she's a really sweet actress. She really is. Which is why I hate Jennifer Keller so much, because she has to play such a cunt. It's terrible. It's terrible. And you know what? There's, there's also a scene where she is so terrible and rude to Ronan. It's an episode where, uh, oh, God, I, and that kind of sealed her fate for me, which is why I have absolutely no problem bashing Keller at every single opportunity. Original Tempest says, I still want to say that she fed McKay a love potion. <laughs> If right. she's crossing her I agree, with, yeah. Okay, there's a I agree. You know, I don't think it makes hey, a love potion. there we go. It. Fandom insert. Mm-hmm. I believe that was brought up in the thread, too. Yeah. Jilly's turn. Sorry. What? Sorry. Hello. All I said was there's, all I said was there's a crossover. Harry Potter, Stargate, that's a sort of... <laughs> <laughs> you can find out she's <laughs> actually a witch. <laughs> oh, my God. There has been... There has been that a, would explain so much. There has been a semi-successful fandom uh, crossover between Harry Potter and um, Stargate where they had uh, John B. Harry, which would equal out the hair. Yeah, that would totally equal out the hair. <laughs> Just, it would. Uh, and, and, you know, nothing against Joe Flanagan. He's a very pretty man. But if he'd been on my ship, my captain would have sat on them and taken a clippers to his head. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not regulation. That's not, not a hell. No. The only the only guys who are allowed to to uh, blatantly ignore regulations like that are the people who are going into the more colorful beyond areas of places where having a military haircut is a really good way to get shot. You mean special forces? Uh, yes, among other things. Yeah. You know, okay. And so, you know, I, unless John was, was, you know, one of their pilots, you know, and it's the, the John we meet at the, the beginning of, of the show is a pilot. He's a nice guy. He's good at his job. But we don't get to see how lethal he is until the storm in the eye. You know, and then you kind of wonder, what the hell, where have you been hiding this can of whoop-ass? So you have to wonder if this is something they planned all along or if it was just terribly bad writing the first season. Yes. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't wonder so much, actually. Um, The thing is, is, as much as I love Stargate, um, and as much as I love Harry Potter, there are parts of it that are absolutely infuriating. Mm. Jennifer Keller among yeah. them. Jenny Weasley, self insert of all self inserts, 
um, and is another. Yeah. So there. So for the for the crossover of Doom, Jennifer Keller is Ginny Weasley with a glamour on. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Oh and my God! Oh my God! Yeah, that, yeah, Rodney, that totally works for me. Yeah. Under, Rodney is Hermione under a permanent general reassignment uh, spell. <laughs> I don't hmm. think Hermione has it in her to be that cruel. No, she doesn't. Unfortunately. Okay, Ron <laughs> could be that cruel, but Ron's stupid. Yes, That's he's true. not really that intelligent. Ooh. That, yeah. you know, actually that is the creepiest part about Harry Potter and the Ginny and Harry um, uh, pairing, and Tempest and just talked, brought it up. And I bring, it up, I bring it, it up every single time someone pairs them in my story and I have to work him out of it, is that the actresses that play Lily and Ginny could pass for sisters or mother and daughter. Yeah, it's yeah. creepy beyond creepy. <laughs> Terrible. But you're absolutely right, Arlena. Rodney could definitely be Draco under a glamour. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, there's an idea. Yes, he could. Way to go, yeah. Arlie. Head cannon accepted. <laughs> it, he really could. Jesus. Oh, he, and, God, and, that's right, Azure. That is right, Azure? yeah. That. Jenny is Lily's half sister in one of the fanfics called Ch- uh, A Champion's Champion. It's fantastic. It's so fucking funny. It's so funny. And Molly knows and doesn't care. She's still trying to set them up. It's terrible. But I like to write stories where Harry realizes that Jenny's practically a clone of his mother and how disgusting that is. Because who wants to shag their mother? Who Who's normal who wants to shag their own mother? I'm just saying. I'm putting it out there. No. Well, at least the residual sadness I was feeling has been exercised. Ooh. Well, good. <laughs> but no, I, um, I, did, I, I, I did put that, that story up for um, the one person who had um, asked for it or made it made like she wanted to, to see it, and Karen kind of, you know, egged me on. So I put it up on Rough Trade. And after I put it up, I, I realized I probably should have done it after the challenge because I, I kind of felt guilty <laughs> for distracting people from the challenge. Um, but it was just like a spur-of-the-moment thing. You know, I, don't know that distract, I, don't, I don't know that it distracted, but I think that it affected at least my writing to some degree because <laughs> I went right in and wrote sadder shit. <laughs> it was Dementor. I wrote, I put up a Dementor in Rough Trade. That's what I, that's what I did. It was a Dementor. <laughs> it was a literal Dementor. I wrote some yeah, training for chocolate at the end it, of it. Yes, I guess you. It, you it is say terrible, that and I, I do have some things on my hard drive that I pick up and open up, and I look at, and I read, and every time I read it, I get really upset, but I keep it. And the thing is, is that story is probably part three of Ring of Fire. Because Ring of Fire was originally going to be um, six novellas, or maybe five novellas, depending on, you know, my OCD. Uh, <clears throat> and I think that's part three, because when we open up Ring of Fire, they're they're actually getting ready to leave Earth 
with the Phoenix, and they're going to go to Pegasus to get Atlantis. And um, so that first scene, that that first novella in the Ring of Fire stuff was about um, Patrick's relationship with Sebastian and Patrick's relationship with John, and John coming to realize that, yes, he absolutely can trust his father to defend his son's life. It's been brought to his immediate attention because Patrick killed a whole bunch of people to prove it. <laughs> so, you know. Patrick showed that John is definitely his son. Yeah, that that apple is still practically hanging on the tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was awesome. So, I really enjoyed writing that. Um, just, you know, and the thing is, is it's terrible to admit, but I really enjoy writing things where people die. That scene in Dormages where Draco kills Lucius is probably my absolute favorite part of that entire story. And you didn't even get to see it. You just kind of heard about it secondhand. (laughs) I know. Red Letter Day for the House of Malfoy. House of Malfoy. Damn right it was. That Red Letter Day is actually something my grandma said to somebody once. My... (laughs) Grandma, it's okay, I got two minutes left, so I'm going to tell the story about my nana. Okay, my grandma was 4'9". I put that in perspective for you. She's 4'9". And her sister-in-law was almost 6 foot, total cunt, total cunt. I'm, I'm 6 years old. Roughly. I have a whole bunch of cousins in the house. Um, I have the cousins that I don't speak about because if I did, it might lead you guys back to me (laughs) and my secret Mm -hmm. identity. And um, Stan was there and a couple other cousins were there and my snotty cousin. Anyway, and this woman had her grandchildren there as well. And one of them hit Stan. And Stan was a pretty sensitive kid because his mom um, was a whore <laughs> at that time. And it goes on in 90 seconds. Okay, so this woman, so I hit the kid back. I did because nobody hit Stan but me. That's just the way that worked. And I punched her, that girl right in the face. And, of course, it turned into a brawl of about 20 kids. Because um, that's how many kids were there. I mean, it was ridiculous. We all had busted lips and carrying on. And this woman went to punish Stan for starting the fight. And my grandma oh, hell no. laid her out with a rolling pin in the floor. <laughs> yes. And she said, she said, this is the best fucking day of my life. It is a red letter day. And it stuck in my head forever. This is a red letter day. I don't even know what it means. I have no idea what it means. But she laid this woman out, who I guess he was my aunt or grand or I don't grand, I don't know. Great grand aunt. aunt. Great, aunt. Great, great aunt. I have no idea. Great laid aunt. her out. This woman is unconscious on the floor. And my grandma was like, 
Does it, so, so, so there you go. Draco Malfoy's Red Letter Day came from my nana. And we're down to nine <laughs> seconds. I want to thank everybody for calling in. I really had a great time tonight for having no topic whatsoever. I'm going to call this the <laughs> Bitches Roundtable. Good night. It works for me. Good night, all. Bye, guys. Shut up and sit down. Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations.